Hi, I am Jennifer Purcell, and welcome to my podcast, Living with an Invisible Learning Challenge, where we will discuss, discover, and learn more about the challenges and triumphs of those with NLD and other learning challenges. I do have a website for this podcast, and it is called livingwithnld.com. I also have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter account for the podcast. They are all under the same name, which is Living with NLD. I also have a YouTube channel for the podcast, which can be found by Googling the title of the podcast, which is Living with an Invisible Learning Challenge. I would like to tell you about a nonprofit that I use for my research for this podcast. It is called the NBLD Project, and I use their blog for my research. They are a nonprofit that is based in New York and is trying to get NVLD back on the DSM, and they provide many resources for people with NVLD on their website. I'll provide you with the website for them in the podcast description. All proceeds from the ads on this podcast will be donated towards the NVLD project. Please feel free to explore the other topics on the podcast, and hopefully you will learn something new from them. I hope you enjoyed today's episodes. And today I am very excited to announce that BetterHelp is now sponsoring this podcast. I have had seven years of therapy, so I know it can help change your life if you not only let it, but work on the personal goals that you set with your therapist. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships at work not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are the greatest asset. And special offering to listeners of Living with an Invisible Learning Challenge, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash, I'll put in the link in the podcast description for you. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-E-P. Thanks again to BetterHelp for supporting, I mean, sponsoring this podcast. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm lucky like you that, um, my, 
my family, even though my parents are, you know, opposite, opposites from each other, they can attract, um, mm-hmm. they, they help me a lot, uh, with NLD. Um, like I remember one time my dad was using a hand signal that I didn't know what meant. Um, I just had to say to him very clearly, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Oh, you know, face palm moment there. <laughs> and then he started using words with his hands mm-hmm. the next time. And I was like, okay, now this works. <laughs> Those are my conversations with my husband. I'm like, oh yeah, NLD, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I can get where sometimes they don't understand the little tiny bits of it because, um, you know, sometimes they forget a little bit or um, just don't think about it in the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, for the most part, I think I've been, um, I guess you could say lucky um, for having friends who do understand it. And um, definitely the podcast helps (laughs) Uh, because then they can. I've had friends recently like, oh, you know, like one friend even said, I don't think I've been you put she goes I don't think I've been enough of an ally she goes I want to be a better one like mm. reading and starting not that she not that that friend was ever somebody that I felt wasn't hearing it when I was speaking to her about it but she understood it in a way that she never had before mm. as she was reading my blogs I mean I wouldn't just walk up to her and be like well this is exactly how it affects my life but she kind of got it more and it just it felt so good to have a friend be like like I think I've not been as as supportive you know as I should be I want to be more of an ally as somebody who you know a neurotypical person to their friends who are you know neurodivergent and that that was kind of like an amazing moment and I was like yep this is all worth it you know like it's 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 working it's what I've always wanted to do I wanted to you know educate people so not just so they're more supportive of me but so they might be supportive of their coworker in the next cubicle or their child that they haven't had yet, you know, that, that might have, you know, NLD or something similar. And I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud that I've even in a small way since July been able to actually make some differences. I mean, I had one NLD reader who said that this person was feeling um, so inspired by reading a few of my blogs um, from where he found it online that he was starting to think about doing some writing on it himself. So it just kind of really feels good to be part of, of just helping others feel more comfortable in their own skin, you know, the path through their own lives. Yeah, I agree with you because some of the feedback I've gotten with my podcast where um, some people have shared that some of the uh, interviews have helped them be um more uh what was it oh it was that they want to be more open with their family about Mm -hmm. nld and that made me feel really good because i um i know that when you have support from your family that that usually helps you more in life because Mm -hmm. i have it and um because uh i remember like your friend mentioned when, after she read your blog, um, I remember asking one of my friends um, 
about some of my social challenges I was on because I was feeling like I wasn't getting anywhere on them. And uh, she actually mm -hmm. said I was improving on them. And she noticed that after I was diagnosed with NLD that I started asking more questions about her life. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. That made me feel good because, mm -hmm. um, you know, and she said in a good way that she was like, not to make you feel bad that you didn't do that beforehand, mm -hmm. but that you were, it was just something different. Um, so like, I, I obviously became more aware of the other person in the conversation and try to be more, um, you know, more two-way conversation than just one way with, mm -hmm. with my friends. Um, so this is something I try to talk about in the podcast to make it be positive. Um, do you know if you have any uh, strengths that come from your learning challenges? Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely think verbal skills in general is a strength that comes from it. So one thing I've noticed is sometimes I'm able to explain things in a way that other people can't. So people say, oh, you really, I mean, I had an editor once, like, I really love the way you explain things in your mm -hmm. article about a magician. And he just loved the way I described the show and the way the magician was, was doing what he was doing. And it was because, it's because I have to think of everything in words. Mm -hmm. So understand something if I don't have the words for them. So even if something's hard to describe in words, I have to do that anyway. <laughs> so I'm able to, to communicate things in ways other people can't. I actually, as a newspaper reporter, I felt I really had a strength in hearing something from my source and translating it to the, the average person. Huh. Uh, and I think that was probably a verbal strength as well. Mm -hmm. In my own specific testing, going back to eighth grade, which is one of my favorite reports, because in addition to the actual NLD diagnosis one, my eighth grade report really, I mean, I don't know why I wasn't diagnosed with it then because it, it just really spelled everything out really well. It talked about how I had this very, like high level of, and I forget the exact words, I actually should have looked up the paperwork so I could have used the exact terminology, but um, kind of a, a social emotional awareness. Uh -huh. So I've used that and um, to be a good newspaper reporter. So I definitely use that because one of the things that my sources really liked was because I really heard them and I presented their articles really well. So sometimes people will read a, an article that was written about them and like, well, that doesn't really get my business. That doesn't really get my policies if it was a politician, you know, but people would often say, you really got where I was coming from, where, you know, my story. And then when I worked in supportive employment, so I, what that, what that job is, is you work in a community mental health center. Um, everyone who's a client of a community mental health center has a um, diagnosis of a severe mental illness. So I would really kind of sit with my clients, get to know them. It was my job to help them with every aspect of getting and retaining employment, but the majority of clients are looking for work. Mm. Um, and one time I was in a staff meeting and um, one of my coworkers um, called me, like they told me that I was doing miracles with my clients. So I wasn't just getting my clients 
Um, that's actually the word they use. It was, a, it was a, like a, the group had a really good sense of humor, but um, I was talking about the latest job I was telling my clients get. And they're like, wow, you like, you don't just get them jobs. You, you help them get their dream jobs. Wow. <laughs> like one of my other, um, one of my uh, other coworkers is like, it's, it's all about the miracles with you. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's what I do. But it's because I really could kind of talk with my clients, hear them. I've had people, not to, not to compare myself to Barbara Walters because she's at a different level, but I've had people actually compare the way I, I talk and communicate to someone like Barbara Walters as a, as a disarming person. I've heard that from my newspaper reporting as well as working with clients in, um, in uh, support employment. So I feel like I've used those kind of verbal skills and those kind of people understanding skills is really kind of what it is. So I still definitely feel like I have some ways that my LD affects me socially that I've worked through. But in addition to that, I, I feel like I understand people um, kind of in a really good way that's kind of helped me along the way. Um, and I don't know, I guess, I mean, also just kind of learning to manage having a learning space throughout my life and coming up against kind of, um, I think a better way to say roadblocks, but I'll just kind of say that and find creative ways around them. So I've like mm -hmm. I've given up on a certain skill here or there in my life, but I've never given up on what I was trying to achieve. So um, I've done a lot of things in my life by being creative and find a different way to accomplish something. So because I've learned to look at problems in a, in a kind of a creative way, I can apply that to other things that I'm trying to succeed in in my life. Um, so I've applied that, you know, professionally by doing things in creative ways with my clients, finding different ways to connect them with jobs. Um, so there's just, there's, to me, I feel like there's a lot of, of talents that, that come with it. And there's a lot of things about it that that's kind of part of also why I have that kind of identity mindset that there's a lot of things that I think would be different if I didn't have an NVLD brain that I love about myself and I'm glad that I bring to the table. Yeah, I would agree with you. There are definitely talents with NVLD where I would say the verbal is also for me because um, I think with the testing, I got like the 99th percentile with the audio memory mm -hmm. and I, I, when I saw that, I was like, okay, that's really high. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I was, you know, trying to understand that. And I think sometimes I still am like, okay, why is it that, that, that high? Um, but I remember, I know that when I um, am listening to music or other things that are audio like TV, um, I can recall them really well. Mm -hmm. Like when my mom, when my mom and my family were watching something on TV, um, she'll ask me if we've seen it before because she, she knows I have pretty good audio memory. And yeah. usually mm -hmm. I can tell if we've seen it before. Sometimes there are times where it takes me a little bit longer. Um, but, um, you know, other than audio, I think some of the things would be uh, with the details where I may notice something that somebody wouldn't see. Yeah. 
um, like, you know, I was noticing with, with work one day where I was editing um, something and I was noticing that the uh, time of the day on this service uh, on it was wrong because my mom used to do her service at 9 and 11 in the morning, mm -hmm. but now she only does it at 10. So I was I wanted to change it because if people were going to look at that, it was going to be wrong. Yeah. So, you know, that little thing there that somebody may overlook because it's not the big picture. It's a yep. small detail. Yeah. Um, so that that's an example. Um, and um, I another thing that I think I'm actually I think I I don't know why I'm good at cooking. Maybe it's because my mom is good at it. Um, and um, she helped me uh, get better at it. Um, I know that some of the fine motor things are challenging for me too. Um, like with um, cutting um, and preparing things like you were saying earlier uh, in the interview. Um, but uh, I think I've worked on those challenges to make them easier. And I know that's one of my gifts is that I don't give up easily. So yeah. I, I'm determined to make something easier for me once I know it's a challenge, um, yeah. which is a good thing because then I try to make my life easier. Um, mm -hmm. And I've definitely done that with the challenges I are most difficult for me um mm -hmm. especially math like for some reason you know yeah. not the math that has formulas in it those I don't really use anymore but like the basic mental math I got better at that from my tutors that helped me and whatever they taught me stuck and um now I'm able to do it you know, probably not as fast as a neurotypical would, but faster than I used to. And um, I, I don't seem to need a calculator anymore to check my work, um, which is, you know, good feeling. <laughs> yeah. good Thanks. Um, so, I mean, I have some days when it's a little slow and that's probably when I have a bad migraine, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's because there's something else making my head hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, not as many days as there used to be. Um, and, um, you know, the next question that I was going to ask you, because you were kind of saying earlier in the view that, you said there were some things you wish were could disappear with NLD. This mm -hmm. is kind of similar to that, where if there was anything you wish the world would know more about NLD or other learning challenges. Kind of in a the big broad answer is I wish people understood that it existed, um, and to kind of yeah, <laughs> and to go back on that, it's just. Like I've often felt that that my specific challenges or the specific challenges of NLD are so 
unknown. So just the fact that it even exists, but also like, I remember trying to explain it to a friend who was a roommate. And this was like you know, a time period where there was misunderstanding coming between us and everything about it. And I really kind of explained all the ways it affected my life. And he goes, whoa, he goes, that really would affect your, you know, a person's life. I'm like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Do you understand now? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and I think that really helped because at first he thought, you know, there were certain things that I was doing that, that were because I didn't care or because of this thing. No, I actually spent a lot of time thinking about how to put the, you know, pots back on the wall that you created or, you know, whatever it was. Um, but this is why it's affecting my life. So I kind of wish that I kind of wish more people knew about it because even before I was, you know, doing these purposeful things, you know, like writing a blog or, you know, um, volunteering with an organization to advocate for it, I would have to advocate for it very frequently. And in a way that wasn't just, oh, you know, I have this, you probably know a little bit about it. So here's the other things that I could tell you about me. It was like, I have this, you've never heard of it going to take me kind of a while to explain it to you. You're going to be confused about it because it's so different than you probably heard before. So I wish that, I wish that more people were aware of it. So, so each of us didn't have to kind of have, have to be the full teacher for it to the people in our lives. So there's a little bit more, more information, Mm -hmm. Um, but overall, I guess it's kind of just to know that it is, it is different than other, other things. So you know, if I, if I'm trying to organize in piles, which is something that I do kind of, I don't, I don't organize very well, that might be different than a friend who does the same thing because of ADHD. So I might do it because I don't have the visual skills to figure out how things go together. And so I might need support for that in a different way or understanding about it in a different way. So those are kind of the, the big things. Or I guess another big thing is just because I'm so articulate doesn't mean the things I'm struggling with aren't real. You know, and that's a whole nother thing too. Like just people just not believing it because of the way my skills present. You hit the nail on the head with the articulate piece there. Yep. <laughs> I, I agree with you with the understanding piece because, you know, it's not, it's one of the learning disabilities that's not on the DSM and there might be mm-hmm. other ones that aren't on there too. Um, and I know it's not, or used to be on there, but it was taken off because I, I think it was taken off because, you know, there's really no one definition for NLD. And mm-hmm. also there's two acronyms like NLD and VLD, make up your yeah. mind. I know. I always said NLD. I'm like trying to say NVLD so it doesn't get confusing when I do something for the NVLD project. So I'm like, learn. (laughs) Right. I'm like, I I like NVLD a little bit better because it has the V for the verbal in there, personally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I, I would agree with you that I wish people understood it a little bit better that it is an actual thing that we're not making it up. Yeah. Oh, that's the hugest thing. I've definitely said that exact sentence before. Yeah. I'm not making it up. I even felt that way when I got my diagnosis. I'm like, wait, wait, all those things are part of my diagnosis. I, I wasn't making all those up. <laughs> it's real. I'm like, whoa. 
<laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's an academic thing. I'm like, oh, that other, that part of my, oh, oh. <laughs> it was such a great feeling. Yeah, I would agree with you. I felt really good when I got my diagnosis too. It was a huge relief. It was like, mm-hmm. ding, light bulb went off. <laughs> <laughs> because now I knew, I understood myself more because I knew why so many things were challenging. And that happened for my family too, because they were like, oh this is why jennifer has so many challenges with things Mm -hmm. so they were like okay now we know why now we can start trying to figure out how to help you Mm -hmm. and i'm sure that has happened for other people too and um you know if nld was on the dsm and i know the nvld project is working on that which i'm glad they Mm -hmm. are yeah that it would be easier for um, people to know what exactly it is and mm-hmm. to um, have people who are still in the academic life uh, get accommodations because I know that uh, I was lucky to get accommodations, but also to have them be um, not challenged like some mm-hmm. people have that in in college um yeah. and uh, maybe that's because I was in sociology I don't know <laughs> um, yeah so maybe like just being in your subject matter people are more open to that yeah mm-hmm. um and my minor was environmental science so maybe mm-hmm. maybe just where I was helped out with that I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure um but I would agree you know getting more um advocacy from the public world uh Mm -hmm. would help because then the individuals who do the advocacy um would feel more recognized i would think yeah yeah i mean i i also follow you know advocates um in the autism community and adhd community and it's they already kind of have a it's a a, they're already jumping off a standpoint of people understanding what those things Mm -hmm. are the full story that they're educating about, but they at least have people, you know, coming to them with running knowledge. Whereas like the first thing that I get when I speak up about it is, what is that? (laughs) So I have to be the first person (laughs) to ever teach somebody about what I'm experiencing. Yeah, I agree with you too, where I know with probably all my friends in college, I would have to tell them what it was if I was willing to tell them what it was. And, um, you know, I didn't tell all of them, but I think I told the ones that I was closer to. And um, Mm -hmm. I know uh, that helped once they knew what it was and understood also because uh, it actually made the relationship closer usually um and yeah and um you know it it did take a long time to describe because it's so um intricate and different for everybody (laughs) yeah and that could be the hard thing too I'd be like but don't if you meet somebody else to say they have it don't necessarily think they're exactly like me right that that I'd feel bad if that person you know what I mean that person had all these assumptions on them 
So that's kind of one of the really important things too, is it can be so different for an individual and it can, it can manifest differently. So I'll look at something, I'll be like, I definitely had that challenge because of this part of my NLD. And then somebody else will say, well, I also have that specific weakness with my NLD, but I don't have that same challenge. So it can kind of be different that much significantly from person to person. Right. That, that also is very confusing as well for, for probably all of us. I mean, us with it as well as other people, I'd say. Yeah, I agree with you. The way I kind of have tried to describe it is it's kind of like autism where it has its own spectrum of people experience the challenges and symptoms to a different degree. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that because when I've talked to people about the challenges is that they have a different, different levels with them than I do. Like the fine motor skills is one of them because for some reason I can knit, which is kind of interesting because the needles can be really big or really small. Mm -hmm. And yes, the smaller ones are harder for me to use, but if I keep at it, I can do it. It's like, okay, how can I do that if I have NLD? Yeah. <laughs> no. um, yeah. So maybe I, maybe my determination helps me with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, like with the driving, um, like I said earlier, some people have the visual spatial to such a bad degree that they can't drive. Mm -hmm. Even if they've tried to, um, they just realize that it's too hard. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that that's challenging because it's one of the ways that you can get around a lot more easily. Yeah. I grew up in a very rural area, more rural than where I live now. Like I can walk downtown now. I could mm -hmm. manage without having a car now. But when I was a teenager and a young, in, in my twenties, I don't know how I could have lived if I didn't learn how to drive. So I was just very determined with that one to, to really make it work. And then when I worked in community mental health, you had to spend 80% of your week in the community driving to meet your clients at libraries and cafes, sometimes at their job sites. So I'm, I'm really glad that even though I did move to a more populated area, I'm really glad I do learn how to drive because that job would not have been an option for me if that was a skill I didn't develop. It's nice my clients, like you actually would drive your clients to places sometimes. So I would have this person that I was serving, you know, in my car, mm -hmm. get to the point of being a strong enough driver to, to kind of have that responsibility. That kind of, I guess the driving is kind of like my, you're knitting <laughs> to kind of like really work through that, that challenge that um, I never considered not be able to do it, but maybe somebody else with a different mindset might've thought they would never have learned to drive with where my skills were. And that's not to say that another person who never learns how to drive just didn't work as hard as I did. They, their skills might've been different than mine, but you know, that's definitely kind of how I do see that for myself, that that was the determination of I really need to drive to get around where I, where I am. Right. I would agree with you with the driving too, because I live in Southern California and there's not very good public transportation. So I kind of have to learn how to drive mm -hmm. and I've, um, so I kind of thinking, okay, I have to become better at it because of that. And I also had the two jobs, well, not 
not the two jobs, but the uh, second job that I had with people with autism, um, some, some, uh, sometimes I would drive the clients around in my mm -hmm. car. So like you with, with your clients, I had to be thinking, okay, I'm going to have somebody else in my car. I'm going to be more aware of my surroundings there because, um, it's not just me. It's somebody else now. Um, that isn't, that is with me. Yeah. Um, so I can relate to that as well. Um, I also want to mention to you that I just launched my podcast swag on Wednesday of this week and have a page for it on my website. And I will also send you the link to it in the podcast description. And I will also send it to you in the newsletter that I usually send on out on Fridays. I am now selling t-shirts, water bottles, and a backpack, and they all have the podcast logo and title on it and the tagline. So I am looking forward to watching the sales and seeing who buys them and um, spreading the word more about my podcast. As I wrap up, there are some things I would like to share with you. I do have a website for this podcast. It is called livingwithnld.com. I also have a Facebook and Instagram page for this podcast. It is called Living with NLD. I will include the links for those in the description. In conclusion, I would like to hear from my audience. If you know individuals with NLD that I could interview for this podcast, please email me at livingwithnld@gmail.com. What are you interested in learning about NLD? I know I'm not an expert, but I do know I have the living experience of having it. I would like you to practice journaling about your gifts and differences. Also see if there is a way that you can make that difference become easier for you to do than it originally was. Thank you for listening today, and please go to my YouTube channel and subscribe to it. Thank you. Bye.